0: Oh boy, oh boy. (laughs) Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movies Be Like podcast.
1: I'm Miranda. And
0: I'm Ryan. And this is episode four. 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 Can you believe it? Four.
1: I I surely can't believe it, Ryan. Let me tell (laughs) you. When we started this, this podcast a month ago, I never thought we'd take it this far.
0: (laughs) But we have so many ideas for episodes. What it's crazy. What are you talking it's crazy. about? crazy.
1: I'm <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Anyway, today we're going to be discussing Tarantino Tarantino. Films.
0: Quentin Tarantino. The man himself,
1: Twentin Quarantino. We're going to be discussing his films. He has nine <clears throat> films that he has written and directed and a few films that he has just written for mm-hmm. and not directed.
0: And some that he's as just some acted in.
1: As many do in the Hollywood life you know they they sometimes they just write sometimes they direct sometimes they write and direct
0: wow sometimes they even act in their own films
1: it's so true like, Tar- like tarantino he's acted yeah. in like five of his films crazy man crazy
0: quentin jerome tarantino everybody all right well let's get in well we're going to be discussing his life where he's from a lot of facts about him, his background
1: uh, and then we're going to be discussing our personal favorites, as well as maybe briefly discussing his other seven films. But <laughs> <laughs> but our main favorites are, both of our top favorite is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which came out in 2019. And then our, like...
0: One of our other top ones. My, right, like, this- up
1: there top one is kill bill so we're gonna be mainly talking about kill bill and oh, both time. kill bills right yes well yeah. he considers kill bill to be one i know film. he does i know he does so he probably does. out of respect for the tarantino man himself we're just gonna call it kill bill and i'll mean all four hours of the film got it okay so shall we get into this we shall Okay.
0: Jump right in.
1: Jumping in, here I come. Tell me
0: some fun facts about this boy. This boy.
1: Well, okay, this boy. He was <laughs> he was born on March 27th in uh, 1963. In Sandwich, Illinois. No, not Sandwich, Illinois. He was born in <laughs> Knoxville, Tennessee. So Knoxville, Tennessee. He uh, he he was born to his mom Connie McHugh McHugh McHugh. Um, McHugh. Mick Hugh, um, Mm -hmm. and, um, his dad left him before he was born. So I don't know if you ever met his dad, but his name was Tony Tarantino. So, um. Tony. Tony.
0: His dad's name is Tony.
1: Tony. Has he ever met him? I don't know.
0: I know a few Tonys in my life. Maybe we'll
1: find out another time.
0: I don't think I've met that Tony.
1: Okay, well, (laughs) you don't think so? No. Yeah. Chances are pretty low. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) So, uh, his family, this Tarantino man, he moved to California when he was four years old, and that's when his love of film began to blossom. Oh, yeah? And uh, he said that his first, like, memory of film is his grandma, or his grandpa, I can't remember which one, taking him to go see a John Wayne film. The OG cowboy. Pretty sick. Of our time. And, um...
0: (laughs) How old he was, four? Yeah, he was,
1: well, I don't know if he was four when he saw the John Wayne film. That's pretty was, crazy. <laughs> he, he, he was four when they moved to California. Oh. Um, he also loved, he loved storytelling. And he would write his mom sad Mother's Day stories, story cards, um, where she always died in them. <laughs> and Mother's
0: Day cards where she died in them?
1: Yes. And Tarantino would always feel really, really bad about it.
0: But he's the one and writing she just, them. She
1: just kind of found it funny. I know, but he, like he couldn't help it. He was just kind of like, you keep dying in my stories. I'm
0: so sorry, Mom. I just had to kill you.
1: Exactly. Which makes sense, because if you've seen any of his films, you know he's...
0: He's a... He likes to kill. He
1: loves violence in films. Because it's so much fun, Jan. Get it. Okay. Anyway. um, He hated school. He hated school a lot. Um, so How much
0: did he hate school?
1: Oh... You will get there. You'll see. Um, he hated school a lot. And he wanted to spend all this time reading comics or watching films. And the only subject that he really did well in was history. Because it was like the movies to him. Because it's just like, you know, a story that he can just build a movie in his head about, basically. Oh, he just,
0: like, imagine World War II happening and be like, oh, I know all the facts now.
1: Yeah. It was easier for his brain to understand. Unlike math and science where you can't really, can't really make a fun little movie in your head a about it.
0: You need a different mind about that.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so he dropped out of high school uh, when he was like 16 or, you know, you know, he didn't, he didn't graduate high school. was he
0: like a sophomore? I don't know. <laughs> but he,
1: he then worked as an usher at a adult film theater uh-huh. while taking acting classes. So, um, Whoa. and then he, Got a job at a video archive store in Manhattan Beach, California. Pretty cool. Yeah, so he just was working around movies and got to watch as many movies as he wanted, probably. And while he was working there, he worked on his screenplays, a few screenplays, um, two of which got made eventually, which are True Romance and Natural Born Killers. So... um
0: oh time yeah time
1: well spent time well spent yes because <laughs> both of them got made into films um and he also while working at the video archive store he got a job on uh in an episode of the golden girls where he played an elvis impersonator What's in one go- of the episodes he
0: was an elvis impersonator yeah what is the golden girls by the way i have no idea
1: oh it's a real. it was a really famous sitcom <clears throat> it was like a classic sitcom
0: i've never seen an episode Have you?
1: No, but, like, I know of it. Like, you know what I mean?
0: I guess. That makes (laughs) you better than me.
1: (laughs) It so does. It so does. I know the Golden Girls. You don't. (laughs) Suck it. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Um, And then in 1990, he got a job at a... At Cinetel Production Company. So.
0: Cinetel.
1: Cinetel. I'm... where he sold the script for True Romance to Tony Scott, the man who ended up directing it and creating it. Nice. And True Romance, fun fact, is also Margot Robbie's favorite movie. So imagine her excitement when she got the job as Sharon Tate in uh, Once Upon. Uh-huh. She probably didn't even have to try to get this. She was probably asked on it. I don't really know. Um, Anyway, and then... Uh, while he was working there, the producer, Lawrence Bender, gave him the funds to create Reservoir Dogs, which got created and Which released in 1992. So, mm-hmm. um... Which, you know, had many famous actors in it, like Michael Madsen and Harvey Keitel, Keitel, Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim Kittle. Roth. Tim Roth. Yeah, Tim Roth. And Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um... The people at um, Sundance Film Festival, the audiences really, really loved it. So it, uh, because of that, Tarantino became a very talked about director in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, and then two years later, he won an Oscar for Best Picture for Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction.
0: What? I had a burp. Sorry. Oh. Yeah.
1: Why'd you nod your head no at me? Huh? You nodded your head no. Was I wrong? Was it
0: did I nod my head no?
1: Yeah, you went but I think maybe you were just shaking. I think I was just having the to
0: like Yeah, that's okay, what I was doing. You
1: shaking out the burp. Cleared that up. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Keep going. <laughs> so, um Pulp Fiction won Best Picture and Best Director. So it was, and it was also the first independent film to receive over a hundred and eight million dollars at the box office in the United States.
0: Well, Reservoir Dogs?
1: No, Pulp Fiction. Oh
0: start sorry. <laughs>
1: Pulp Idiot. fiction. And then he went on to make Jackie Brown, um, which is a tribute to black exploitation films, um, in the nineteen seventies. Uh and it it was uh mm-hmm. like Foxy Brown in nineteen seventy four. Foxy Brown, Pam Greer plays the lead. She plays Foxy Brown In Foxy Brown in nineteen seventy four. So Pam Greer is Jackie Brown. So it's like a direct tribute, pretty much. (laughs) And then after Jackie Brown, he made Kill Bill and Death Proof and Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained, which was his second Oscar win. He won Best Supporting Actor. Um, Not Tarantino, he didn't win Best Supporting (laughs) Actor. Um, Christoph Waltz won Best Supporting Actor. And and Original Screenplay. Won cool. those two Oscars. But it was nominated for five. And then he made The Hateful Eight, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which got nominated for ten Oscars. It's
0: just crazy.
1: And won two of them. It won Best Supporting Actor for Brad Pitt and Best Production Design.
0: Last it it thing, deserves
1: it. Last thing about Tarantino is he got married in um, 2018 to Daniela Pick, which is... um.
0: Oh my god, that's...
1: The girl in in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the girl that Leonardo DiCaprio ends up marrying,
0: yeah, like from from Italy, the end of the
1: film, yeah. That's, that's his wife. That's Tarantino's wife.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And, that's they have really a, good. and they have
1: they had a kid together, Aww. so there you go. Cool. Pretty fun.
0: That was pretty neat. Thanks for all those fun facts, Miranda. Of course, as you always do in every episode about who we're talking about. Thanks. You're welcome.
1: Okay. Whoa! Stop. We changed clothes. <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, you probably noticed that we changed clothes. Just for fun. Just kidding. It's a different day. It's okay. a different day,
0: and we're recording the rest of it.
1: Yeah. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you're like, I don't care. Why are you? Why are you talking about this? Anyway. So let's get right into talking about Tarantino film. Let's films. jump right into it. Jumping right in, like a little. Uh, trampoline, jumping in.
0: Like a pool when you go off the high dive. Exactly. Alright, so... Like when you ride a slip and slide and hit the very end of of it with the water pulled up. You know?
1: Yes. So, we're going to get right into our <laughs> ranking of all the nine Tarantino films that yes. have been released. We still have one more. One more. Um, we all know. Yes, so our ranking, which we found out, is the same.
0: Yeah,
1: like the other day, pretty much. The, yeah. We found out that it's exactly the same, um, and we didn't plan that; it just happened. So our number one is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Of course, our number two is Kill Bill. Our number three is Pulp Fiction. Number four, Django Unchained. Number five, Death Proof. Number six, Inglorious Bastards. Number seven, The Hateful Eight. Number nine, no. Number eight, <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. What? And number nine, Jackie Brown.
0: Yeah. And just because we put some of them towards the very bottom doesn't mean that we disliked them. It's ranking your favorite films, like, ever. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's it's so hard. Because you have to rank them in some They're order. They're all good. They're like, all good.
1: Um. <clears throat> well, we didn't really like Jackie Brown, but...
0: <laughs> Not as much. <laughs> no.
1: But all the other ones were really are really good films. So it's hard to rank them. But, mm-hmm.
0: um... Yeah.
1: I don't know. Okay, so let's get right into... Oh,
0: we're we're, we're segment we're segueing into the next little section. What? Of, uh... Well, we're going to talk about each film. Yeah, we're going to... So, spoilers. Spoiler alert. Well, we're going to, like, briefly touch on We're going to
1: be briefly touching on each film, but we're going to be focusing on our top two, which are... Once Upon and Kill Bill. Bill. So when we get to Kill Bill and Once Upon, we're going to be talking more deeply about them. Mm -hmm. So, first film.
0: The first film that um, Tarantino both directed and wrote, came out in 1992, was Reservoir Reservoir Dogs. Yes,
1: which I think I mentioned when I was talking about his background. So, Reservoir Dogs. How do you feel about Reservoir Dogs, Ryan?
0: I mean, it was his first film ever it was pretty rough but it was budget, still great
1: like the budget for it was like only like a million dollars or, or something. less right
0: it was very small and he used like one location yeah pretty much or two locations well, the whole time
1: yeah because there is like a part yeah, yeah. where like tim yeah. roth's backstory or whatever yeah
0: oh yeah okay a few locations yeah but was, they're all like things that you could probably easily get like access to and rights to to film
1: maybe I don't know. Like, one's an empty warehouse,
0: another one's... Yeah, an apartment building, another one's, like, a cafe. Yeah. Right? So... Well, he did get a street to do that big explosion sequence.
1: Yes, where, like, half of them die.
0: No, that's not where where half of them die.
1: I've only seen it once. Well, you just
0: spoiled that.
1: Well, I already said spoilers. I know, yeah, you're right.
0: Um, Okay.
1: But, yeah, I remember the part... I didn't really like it the first time I watched it just because it was very um, it made me sad. It made it was very uh brutal. But now that I've seen every other Tarantino film I'm very, very used to that and I've grown to enjoy it. I hope that doesn't sound messed up. But like Well no,
0: you enjoy his art style of, <laughs> yes. of like fic- and, fictitious
1: And since it's violent. his first film and it's very low budget, it doesn't really like I mean, obviously it doesn't feel as Tarantino as the rest of his films because it's low budget and, it's, you know. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's his first film.
1: Yeah, right, like the part where um Michael Madsen, is that his name? Yeah. When he cuts off the ear of that one guy, but they don't show it. I feel like not showing it made it harder to watch for some reason. Like, personally for me, because then it was up to my imagination to form yeah. what it looked like for me. If yeah. he were to just show it, I'd be able to watch, of which course sounds that's a, so messed yeah, up.
0: Of course that's a stylistic choice. But
1: no, but remember, I think our friend Casey told us that, like, sorry, Casey, if you didn't actually tell us this. Um, but like Putting words in your mouth. <laughs> um, but, like, he didn't have the budget to make, like, a fake ear, like, blood type oh, thing. Oh, like, like the makeup that? So that's for that? why the camera pans away during that part, is because he just didn't have the money to do it. That's funny. Yeah, so that's why they didn't show it. It wasn't like an artistic choice. It was like... (laughs) I would show this if I wanted to, but we don't have the money kind of thing. Yeah.
0: He doesn't have the money to do, like, a simple prosthetic to put on the... Well, well,
1: Well, one that looks good. That's a lot of money. I guess. Also, like... I don't know. Just the whole movie, Tim Roth is like on the floor bleeding out (laughs) the entire time, and I really hated that the first time I watched it. Yeah, it's like the whole film. He's just laying there, like bleeding out. I mean, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember that very clearly. What?
0: I I think that's towards the end of the film, like. When they all realize they they start like distrusting each other so much that
1: I think you're wrong. Nah, it, it He's be... always laying there like the whole film.
0: <laughs> like well, I
1: don't know if it, I feel like it happens within like the first 15 minutes of the film. It's like he gets shot or something. I can't remember. This is really bad because we haven't seen it in yeah. a really Let's long time. let move on to the next one. <laughs> but one that we actually no, remember. It's really good. It's good. They're it's all good, especially. I mean, it's Tarantino's first film. It's mm-hmm. a classic, and it has the song stuck in the middle with you which is a very good song so tarantino was doing great with his musical choices from the very beginning
0: mm-hmm. and um now
1: and steve buscemi
0: oh yeah he, he has a great cast
1: we people. love steve buscemi okay next film
0: pulp fiction oh pulp just two years later in 1994 is when it was released It's
1: crazy yeah
0: okay pulp fiction Came out two years later in 1994. It's a big jump in production quality because I feel like he really proved his worth, you know?
1: Yes. Uh, he, <laughs> God, he very much like solidified his, his style of filmmaking mm-hmm. in that film. Yeah. And it's not told in the chronological order, which was very, very confusing for me the first time I watched yeah, it. Yeah, and
0: same here. I, was, I didn't know. <laughs> and then
1: the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, I get it. And I pieced it all together. It takes, like, a good two watches. Yeah,
0: two watches, and you'll get the whole thing.
1: Maybe three.
0: I just love the dialogue so much. I mean, that's, of course, like, a very strong thing that Tarantino has in every single one of his films. Yes. The, the dialogue is he's very, excellent. He's
1: very good at making anti heroes <clears throat> like likable <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah, john travolta and samuel jackson
1: they're they, like on their oh way to kill someone like multiple people but and you know this in your head but then they're talking about oh my god i don't want to say it but the royale with cheese
0: yeah, you know what they call a quarter pounder
1: <laughs> yes they're having like like <clears throat> funny banter in the car and it mm-hmm. makes you like them right away
0: and then it makes you root for them. Royale with cheese. God.
1: <laughs> Movies be like.
0: Movies be like. Oh, Royale with cheese. Royale
1: with cheese. But yeah. Um. Also.
0: And, <clears throat> I mean, and uh, Quentin casted himself in this film.
1: He's in it? Oh, yeah, yeah he's yeah. in it. Oh, yeah.
0: He was also in Reservoir Dogs. That
1: was weird. He played kind of like a, a kind of a dig character. Yeah. He was kind of, he was just not likable but i mean he wrote it I himself mean, in the
0: grand scheme of so things so he probably knew they're all like unlikable people because they all are part of that circle of people who i'm kill. aware yeah, Ryan. i know you're i aware. know <laughs> i know you're aware i know you're aware
1: okay and then also we have the classic dancing scene to you never can oh, tell by um uh chuck berry where they dance. They boogie-oogie. Uma,
0: Uma and Johnny.
1: Uma. Uma. Uma, Uma, Uma. That scene always makes me want a milkshake. Yeah, I want a milkshake. It's a very, very good fil- film. I mean, it's it's kind of like... I have to hear about it, like, every single day as a cinema major. <laughs> because literally in every single class somebody has to reference it or like talk about how great it is and i'm always like we get it what
0: about like when your professor's like any new films that you guys have watched recently any new recommendations someone's like pulp fiction and he's probably like the 300th time he's ever heard. he's like
1: like, "Uh uh-huh uh-huh we've all already been assigned to watch that in multiple of our classes (laughs) like everyone's seen it um anyway but uh, n- regardless of that, it's, it is it is a great film. There's a reason why it's so hyped up in the cinema world. It's just, you know, when you have to hear about it every single day, you're like, can you request anything else new? That I could?
0: Yeah, there's <laughs> like, so many other films.
1: <laughs> we know. That
0: you're aren't preaching well to the
1: then. choir. Okay. Yeah. Yeah
0: is that enough on pulp i don't know
1: i guess i mean yeah
0: there was a lot more we can touch on but that would require its own episode wouldn't it it would Mm -hmm. it's our
1: third favorite so we're not going to be going into depth about it sorry if you're a cinema major and you're super torn up about it like all the other cinema majors in the world so sorry god
0: next one jackie brown 1997 oh no three years later
1: we didn't like this film. it's a two
0: and a half hour
1: we didn't like it
0: uh slow paced uh slow burn yeah stress you out kind of film and
1: i didn't even stress me out it just made me like annoyed because it was so long and it was about Money. Like, it, the plot wasn't even, like, interesting. It was just like, oh, she wants the money. That's it. Mm-hmm. And she's just figuring out how to keep it for herself. So, I don't know. The plot wasn't very great. And then also all the characters were not likable, in my opinion. Yeah. Except for Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown was probably the only likable character. <laughs> but also, if she was put into any other Tarantino film, she would be the least likable character. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you made a good point about that when we watched so, it. So,
1: like, I don't know. It felt so long.
0: Well, I mean, okay. For one, one reason why I felt, feel like it felt so long is because we paused it for an hour when we <laughs> were watching it.
1: Well, yeah, but it would have yeah, felt long but, either way. Like, when we yeah, paused of it... Of course. When we paused it, there was still, like, an hour and a half left. Or, like, yeah, an yeah. hour left. And we were like, how? How? Like, when is it
0: going to... When is it going to start? When's anything going to happen that that is interesting?
1: Yeah. And, I don't know. We were talking about... We watched it with our friend.
0: I want to give it another chance for me. Like, for just to,
1: yeah, to really solidify my opinion on it. I'm not going to waste my time. I,
0: I didn't... It's two and a
1: half hours, and it's not, I'm sorry if you like it. (laughs) One of our our friends that we watched it with, he was like, every Tarantino fan only says that they like it because it's Tarantino. Like...
0: (laughs) It has his name on it, so of course they're going to like it. So of like
1: course it. they're going to like it. And it's also like, with Death Proof, the only reason why some Tarantino fans say that it's their least favorite is because it's Tarantino's least favorite of all the films that Because he made. said it was his yeah. favorite. so everyone's just going to follow what he says. But, I don't know. It was boring. It had the potential to be a lot better than it was. We just Because it's a Tarantino we film. We just think
0: a lot of it could have been... Uh, cut, or slimmed slimmed down.
1: Could have trimmed out a lot of fat there, because the fat wasn't even, like, fun to watch, or artistic, or anything. It was just boring. Like, the scene where she's, I feel like this is probably a lot of people's favorite scene of the whole film, but when she's leaving the money in the dressing room, and she leaves, and then they show it from, like, four different perspectives, and they're not even that different, and you're just like... They could ju- have just shown this in one run. They didn't have to show all four sides. Yeah, the,
0: the five-minute scene, they showed it four times.
1: It was so long. And then that, and then, I don't
0: know. But what do we know? We're not Quentin Tarantino.
1: I mean, who is, except for him, you know? That's not a very <laughs> useful statement there. Okay, let's move on. You know on. what I was trying to let's say. Let's move on to the next film. What's the next film?
0: I'm not telling you.
1: Is it Kill Bill? It's Kill Bill. Oh, boy. Here I go. Mm -hmm. Do you like Kill Bill?
0: No, I hated it. Absolutely worse than Jackie Brown. Never want to watch it in my life again. I'm going to burn your DVDs.
1: Why is it on your second, then?
0: I'm kidding.
1: Really? Yeah, I was
0: joking that whole time. I couldn't
1: tell. Brian's such a jokester. Okay.
0: (laughs) Ew. I josh here and there.
1: Okay. Anyway... Um, tell me
0: about kill bill since this is your specialty you were uma thurman i was i was
1: i was a kiddo you were
0: beatrix kiddo for um halloween Halloween in
1: 2019 i got a lot of compliments on it Mm -hmm. which was very very nice Mm -hmm. i felt a little a little overwhelmed it was i was very thankful
0: um you're very thankful
1: i was very thankful that the this expensive costume that i spent all my money on
0: actually paid off
1: yeah everyone was like whoa i missed 2019 that was a good year
0: (laughs) no pandemic
1: it was also just a good year for me personally but um anyway that's beside the point uh so what do you like about kill bill ryan you go first cuz I oh, have God. since I have so much to <clears throat> say.
0: Um well, he really perfected action like the style of action movies mm-hmm. in this film um and incorporating martial arts is, which is something that I trained with when I was younger for like 10 years. I received a black belt. So wow. it's fun seeing a martial arts film but I never really used swords. You know?
1: You never used a well, like like
0: no. I mean, you
1: never used a sword, I Ryan. Used
0: a sword in a in a film or not in a film in a form. <laughs> but, um, a few times.
1: You've been in a film with a sword before, Ryan. How have I never known this? Wow. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go on.
0: Anyway. Uh huh. I don't know. I, I love the intense action, the the complete brutalness.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> of what she's doing to everyone, like she gets her she gets her revenge, and that's so satisfying.
1: She's the deadliest she to, woman alive. She gets to
0: kill everyone that has ever wronged her, and even even smaller people along the way, like Buck. Buck, yeah. Buck, yeah.
1: Buck, yeah. Buck and uh, and uh, the <sighs> I forget
0: Isn't that trucker guy.
1: Yes. Yeah. Wait, there's a trucker guy? Yeah, the (laughs) one. Wait a minute, who are we talking about?
0: Buck and the trucker guy when she's in a coma and she kills both of them.
1: Oh, right, 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 yes, yes, yes. Who are you talking about? No, I know who you're talking about now. When you said trucker, I imagined a guy in a truck and I was like, I don't know who you're talking about. (laughs) But it's the guy who's about to, you know, she's in a coma and men are like paying money to the hospital to...
0: To sexually do something to her.
1: Yes, and so it's bad. disgusting. But then she gets bitten by a mosquito and wakes up. And...
0: Which is great. <laughs> I love that a mosquito yeah. made her wake up the out of The part is so
1: heartbreaking, though, because she wakes up and she immediately realizes that her pregnant belly is gone.
0: It's been like three, four, four years.
1: Yeah, and she's just like, holy shit, I don't have a baby. And she's just crying. It's really heartbreaking. Okay. What, do
0: you, what do you like about the film? What, what's your...
1: It just feels like the most Tarantino film ever. It feels so Tarantino-y. Mm-hmm. Tarantino-y. And I love it.
0: <laughs> well, describe what you mean by Tarantino-y. <sighs> I know that's a hard question to it's answer.
1: It's hard. But like, you know how with our tours, the whole point is that you watch their films and you immediately know who directed it and wrote it because of their style being so unique mm-hmm. to who they are. Feel like Kill Bill is the one where when you watch it, you know it from the second that it starts that it's his film. Yeah. Um. But also, I just love how simple the story is. Like mm-hmm. the whole story is just that she, she used to be in in the, an assassin squad, and she left, and she changed her name, and now she's about to get married and have a baby. Mm-hmm. And Bill, the guy who ran the assassination squad, sets up everyone to murder her and like everyone at the wedding rehearsal or something he felt
0: betrayed because she's yeah, he was heartbroken yeah
1: and he ends up shooting her in the head but then it just puts her into a coma for four years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she wakes up <clears throat> and she's like i'm gonna get my my revenge on all these people who wronged me so it's mm-hmm. like the four people in the assassin squad and kill bill and bill yeah um yeah and then she finds out that her daughter is still alive her daughter's, like, grown.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's like, the that's in biggest the second, reveal Yeah, of that's, the second film.
1: I, that part shocked me.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like,
1: how did he get the baby out? There's a lot of unanswered questions. But, like, you just you just let him be. I
0: think I'm going to warn some of the people that listen to this podcast to not listen to a certain sections of this. Because so, I don't want them to get a lot of it spoiled.
1: But the whole... There's spoilers. We've mentioned Uh, that so
0: many times. (laughs) I'm so sensitive about spoilers. (laughs) I
1: would would never watch a podcast episode on a movie that I hadn't seen. Why would I? I don't know. Okay, anyway. Um, Let's talk about the history of Kill Bill. So Kill Bill, um, the movie idea was brought to Uma Thurman on the set of Pulp Fiction when they do the dancing scene between her yeah. and John Travolta, that whole diner scene, that whole day or days that they were filming that, uh, Uma and Tarantino were talking about uh, this whole idea of Kill Bill and how cool of an idea it is and how he wanted her to play the lead in it when he finally made it. And she was actually the one who came up with the idea of opening when it opens up on her face covered in blood and and in her wedding veil and everything um Ooh. and then you know pulp fiction was probably made i mean it came out in 1994 so that was probably in like 1993 and
0: i mean that's really funny that they're talking about another movie idea on the set well yeah of pulp fiction
1: you get excited and oh, then yeah. um And then they kind of lost touch for a while, and then in the year 2000, Uma Thurman went up to Tarantino and was like, hey, is that Kill Bill idea still in the works? The Kill Bill was always going to be the name of this film since the very beginning. And uh, he was like, oh yeah, I'll write you a script of it, like a screenplay of it for uh, your birthday. And he was saying that, thinking it would take like two weeks, and then it took him a year to write it because he got really into it and was like, wait a minute, I actually do have to make this. And then when he had finished the screenplay um, and was ready to start shooting and everything, um, Uma was pregnant. Yep. Like, with her second child, her son. So um, they had to hold off shooting for, like, a little bit longer. She had her second baby in, like, January 2002, and the film came out at the end of 2003. Mm -hmm. So... She had to, like, really whip herself into shape doing all these martial arts and learning Japanese for the film.
0: And sword fighting.
1: And Yeah, and sword fighting. Like, so much that she had to do in, like, this year. It's insane. Anyway, um, so, and then while they were filming, they got really over budget and very over schedule and they realized uh, that... The film was, it's going to be four hours long and no theater is going to take a four hour movie. And also no one's going to want to watch a four hour movie. Um, I mean, some people might like Tarantino fans and film majors might, but like, you know, yeah, the really general world doesn't want to sit down for four hours and watch a movie.
0: So it's kind of like uh, reminiscent of, well, the Snyder cut of the Justice League that came out. Yeah. Was that four and a half hours long? Maybe. Four hours, four and a half. No, that's not in theaters.
1: Is it just one straight thing? Or is there, like, chunks? Like, because I know that with The Hateful Eight, he put it's on Netflix, but it's in, like, four no, different it's, parts.
0: No, it's one long movie.
1: Jesus. I believe. I'm never going to watch that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mainly because I point. don't care about DC films. But anyway. Um, so then they realized that they had to make it into two films. So they released Volume 1 at the end of 2003 and then Volume 2 in april of 2004 so they were released really close together and yeah pretty cool Mm -hmm. um i really love this film a lot
0: why i know you already you already answered i already said ryan (laughs) i wasn't listening
1: okay um (laughs) let's move into some fun facts i have some fun facts for kill bill oh yeah ryan's gonna do all the talking about once upon a time in hollywood so I won't be talking for forever. Thank God. Um,
0: thank Thank goodness. God.
1: Okay, so some, ki- some fun facts about Kill Bill. Tell me. The part where she finally gets her Hattori Hanzo sword, mm-hmm. and she slices the baseball in half. They actually did slice a baseball in half, but um, Uma Thurman did not do it. Zoe Bell did it because she was her stunt woman, and Zoe Bell... Nice. Uh, excuse me. Zoe Bell is the... Is one of the main characters in Death Proof, the one who gets strapped to the car Mm -hmm. and is like fighting against uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah, Um, yeah. So that's really cool. She's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's the one who gets her car dented in when Brad Pitt throws Bruce Lee. That's her. Yeah, and she walks out and she's like, "What did you do to my fucking car,
0: or whatever?" Oh, that's her. That's Kurt Russell's. And Kurt Russell is her
1: wife in it, (laughs) or his. (laughs) So I just, I, I Kurt, <laughs> yeah, Kurt Russell's <laughs> her husband in it. Yeah, it's so weird. They had they had a rough past, you know.
0: They got through it. <laughs> Him
1: trying to kill her while she's strapped to a car.
0: <laughs> she caved in his face in death proof, and you know.
1: She didn't cave in his face. Oh,
0: was it? Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, back Ros- to your Rosario
1: da- Dawson. Is that her name? Yeah. The one who kicks up her leg and then heals in a- his act face. Axe
0: kicks his, her his head into the. And then movement. it ends.
1: That's that's. That's proof is so good. We'll get to it. Um, so another fun fact is that when uh, when she fights Oren Ishii, um, I think that's how you pronounce it.
0: <laughs> Oren Ishi? Ishii? Ishii. Oh, okay.
1: I believe. Um, uh, the bride, when she's about to fight the bride, she mocks her and says, hope you've saved your energy. If you haven't, you might not last five minutes. And then four minutes and 59 seconds later is when she slices off the top of her head. Which is really funny.
0: Within a second to five minutes.
1: Yeah. Pretty sick. Wonderful. Pretty sick. Also, the yellow, the iconic yellow outfit that she mm-hmm. wears in volume one is a tribute to Bruce Lee, Um, what he wears in Game of Death, which is the film that is unfinished because he died during the making of it. Mm-hmm. They still released it, though. It's just not, it's just not uh, done, um, unfortunately, which is really sad. But yeah, that was just a little... Homage to him. An homage. And also, Ooh. they used condoms for blood effects to create big spurts of blood.
0: Yeah, there's so much blood in this film.
1: <laughs> and, um, which was actually a technique that was really popular in 1970s Chinese action movies, is that they would do that. And also, in the first film, Volume 1, there's a lot of... Uh, you know, there's a lot of blood, obviously. So they used black and white a lot because uh, they needed to avoid a NC-17 rating. um, Because if there's too much blood splurting everywhere, then it goes from R to NC-17. And they did not want that. So they made it black and white for a lot of parts of it. Which is actually something that, um, uh... Kung Fu TV in 1970s used. It's a technique that they mm-hmm. used to go around the censors um, so that they would be able to air their show.
0: No. Didn't they also do that in trailers for the movie?
1: Well, in the trailers for the film, they didn't want to show any blood in the trailers, so they show parts where she's, like, fighting people, but it doesn't show any blood, and all the blood that's on her yellow outfit is, like, black. They just made it look like car oil or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Oh, like, just, like, dirt or something? Yeah,
1: yeah, so it's not red. Uma Thurman was also forced into, like, a really dangerous driving scene. But I don't know, I don't don't think it ever made the film, because when we were watching it, I was kind of looking for it, and I couldn't find it. Um, But she released this silent footage of her driving, this really dangerous car this really dangerous route, and she slams into a tree and she like actually injured herself. Aww. And, um, and in the video you see like Tarantino come over and like, everyone's like comforting her. And then at the very end you see her turn around. She's laughing, but she's like all red and like <laughs> teared up. Cause, <laughs> um, cause you know, slamming into a tree, I can imagine is very terrifying. And somebody like, just lifts her out.
0: Did you find the clip? Yeah. Oh, Okay.
1: Yeah, and so she came out about that, like, kind of recently and was like, Tarantino forced me to do this dangerous scene that, like, everyone else on set was like, this is dangerous, she shouldn't do it. But Tarantino was also like, we can't use a green screen for this. So they made her drive it. What car Um, was she driving? I can't remember. It was a convertible. Oh, okay. Yeah. What if
0: it was the reason why they didn't use the pussy wagon in the second film? Because she crashed it in that it's
1: not the pussy wagon. Line. I know,
0: I know, I know. I mean, like, I'm saying that that's why they're...
1: I see, I see. It's like the convertible that she's driving at the yeah. beginning of Kill that, Bill Volume 2. Yeah. When she's recapping us on what happened. Um, yeah. Yes, but she... But then Tarantino publicly apologized and she forgave him. So, it's all good now. That's how you do it. Yeah. And <clears throat> uh, last fun fact that I have... Is that, obviously, on TV, when these movies are shown, they have to censor a lot of stuff. So, the part where Bill... No, wait, what am I saying? Buck is like, my name is Buck, and I'm here to fuck. When he says that, they change it, my name is Buck, and I'm here to party. But they don't change, like... They don't blur over their mouths or anything. No.
0: Clearly not. Which is really funny. The
1: so, then she does it, too, when she's, like, slamming in his head and is like, are you... Your name is Buck, right? And you're here to party, right? And then also, when she drives to the pussy wagon, she gets to the pussy wagon, and it says party wagon on it. And you can you can Google it and look up Kill Bill party wagon on it. Google Images, and you'll see it. It says party wagon, and she looks down at the key. And it says party wagon. And that's just that's just party really wagon. funny to to me. Yeah.
0: Says it on her keychain too, right? Yeah, that's what I oh, said. Oh, you just said that. Okay. Yeah.
1: But yeah, that's Kill Bill for you. We love it. We cherish it, mm-hmm. and now we can move on to the next film.
0: Well, one last thing. You yeah. did combine both of them into one long version he of did. it called Kill Bill: The Whole Bloody Affair. Yeah. We haven't seen it in that version yet. I wonder if there's any.
1: We do. We want to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, we don't know if there's any editing changes. Like, it. he probably removed the credits in the middle. I wonder if he. Oh well, yeah. I wonder if he changed around any of the middle scenes like you know when she's recapping everything that's what
1: i'm that. wondering too if he just cut out all of her recapping mm-hmm. at the beginning of the per- of the second one but <clears throat> we'll watch that eventually yeah all right next okay. one
0: next film what's the time gap here this is in 2007 and it's death proof
1: death proof death
0: proof three years later after kill bill Volume we Two. we
1: love death proof
0: Kurt Russell, fantastic villain. Very terrifying. Terrifying, very creepy. And I mean, stuntman, yeah. Stuntman, what? Stuntman, uh, what was his name? Stuntman Dave?
1: Stuntman Mike?
0: Stuntman Mike.
1: I think. Yeah. And yeah. Was, yeah. And. I mean, yeah, you can tell right off the bat that he's going to be the villain, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then when he brings home that girl in the car, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, by the way, it's only death proof on this side, honey. Yeah. And then just <laughs> oh, fucking God. kills her. You're like,
0: Remember, he sees that group of girls, and he's like, he, he wants to follow them, right? So he mm-hmm. gets this girl into his car, a different girl. And he's like, I'll drive you home. Which way are you turning, left or right? And he knows that the other group of girls turned right. And she's like, oh, I lived to the left. He's like, well, it was a 50-50 shot, whether you turned right or left. Well, we're turning right, honey. And then he, <laughs> then he fucking kills her by stomping on the brakes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's the girl I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. 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 It's terrifying.
0: Yeah, it's great.
1: Um. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first half of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I also enjoyed the second half a lot. Oh, my God. I want to watch it again. Yeah, honestly. I, don't, I, don't want, to I want to watch it again. Um, I just really got attached to the characters in the first half of the film. And then when they all brutally die right in the middle of the film. And, like, you see their legs flying yeah. and everything. And I got so sad. <laughs> and they also die listening to, like, a song that I really like. Which, I which like, hurt me. I was I was watching it and I was like, oh no, it's a really good song. They're gonna die. They're gonna die. And then they die. They're gonna
0: die in a hor- horrible car Horrible.
1: Wreck. Horrible. And, um... It just kills people. <laughs> can we also just talk about that lap dance scene?
0: Yes, please.
1: <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> She's so good it at lap awesome. dancing.
0: What's her name again?
1: I forget that's bad but she dances to a song called down in mexico yes and it's very it's it's a great scene and i just love the way that their like whole friend group talk to each other and how they were just dancing all the time it was just so fun and then they all died it made me sad but then we see tracy thomas and mm-hmm. uh rosario dawson and mm-hmm. zoe bell and uh, the girl who plays, uh, you know, the main uh, lead in in Scott Pilgrim, uh-huh. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, her. It's the four of them. So it's all. It's still all great actresses, obviously. In the second half, and I love all of them. And like, especially growing up watching Rent, I was like, these two were in, in another movie together. Um, yeah, and yeah, this. I feel like Tarantino's foot fetish is very loud in this movie. It's very one.
0: apparent. So it's so, so loud. So many feet. Kurt Russell literally
1: spell. licks a foot in this He does.
0: One. Well, he like licks his hand and then touches her, right? No. Oh, he licks it?
1: He licks it.
0: Oh, I forgot.
1: He like, because li- her feet are sticking out the car window and then he, and she's asleep. Or she has like a sleep mask on. mm and then he just bends over and, like, licks her toe a teensy bit and then walks away. And
0: he dropped his keys, like, on purpose. Yeah. Just to...
1: <laughs> and then she wakes up and he's and she's like, Oh, that guy rubbed against me. <laughs> like, no. he fucking licked your toe. Um, gross. Anyway. I love
0: uh, just the whole revenge sequence when they're finally, like, getting the upper hand on him. Yeah. That car,
1: that car sequence where they're just slamming against each other and. Zoe Bell is on the roof of the car, just like hanging on for dear life, and you know that she was actually doing it too because she's actually a stunt woman, mm-hmm. which is insane. And then, and then you think that she died, but then she just jumps up and she's like, "Guys, I'm over here!" She just
0: she went flying, probably like twenty feet into the br- into the. Brush. That
1: part is so cute. That part yeah. made me happy. I was like, "Oh my god! Thank God! Thank God!" Kurt Russell didn't win again, and kill off all these characters that I love. Um, yeah. Poor Mary Elizabeth Winstead, though. She was barely even in it. Her last line oh, is... Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> we love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I mean, I know I couldn't remember her name initially, but like...
0: Yeah.
1: But like, we love her. I mean, you yeah, do. I
0: know. <laughs> I do.
1: You're always like, oh my god, she's so hot.
0: That's all That's all I say every day.
1: Every single day. Her last line is gulp.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Yeah,
1: and then, and then she's not in it again. And I remember being like, oh...
0: He I wanted more
1: of her. Okay, anyway. Yeah, we gold. can move on to the next
0: one. <laughs> Two years later, he re- releases Inglorious Bastards. Oh, God.
1: I don't know. I, I've i seen this once, and it was like a few years ago. He
0: made Milk. Terrifying. Very, very uncomfortable and terrifying.
1: I mean, that's... He didn't necessarily do that. That's also no, used I in know. a lot of films. I mean, because that was used in... Really? um. I mean, this came out in two thousand nine. That was used in No Country for Old Men. It was used in A Clockwork, what right. Clockwork Orange, like a lot. Like in A okay. Clockwork Orange, they go to a milk bar a lot. Oh. <laughs> so, like, it's a common technique used to just make the most terrifying characters drink milk because it's like extra disturbing to see the drink that children drink to make their bones nice and strong. As you associate
0: ch- uh, childhood with milk
1: yeah so yeah. when you see a creepy old man drink it it rubs you the wrong way and in in glorious bastards i the most the part that i most remember is the opening scene with christoph waltz yeah christoph just waltz. being terrifying and um yeah christoph yeah. waltz is amazing in
0: this film i've only seen this film once as well Probably, like, th- two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, I just remember really liking it. Uh, I yeah. don't have much else to say about I it. I know, I need to watch know. it
1: again. I mean, I just remember that, like, everyone dies. Or something. I can't remember. Huh? Or, like, a lot of the, the characters that I like the most end up dying. This sounds so uninformed. and so well, yeah, we've only seen it one time, and we, we didn't research it. it. Yeah, okay. But Brad Pitt... Is in it. Yeah. You know who else is in it? Um, uh, Gus from Love. Really? Paul Rust. Oh, yeah, he is. Paul he, Rust. Paul... He's one of the, the guys who gets his head scraped off after... Oh, he
0: gets scalped? I think so. I thought he was on the American
1: I can't remember which side, side he's on. Okay, maybe he is. I, maybe I'm wrong. I just remember, like... All of those men lining up and being like, oh, I've seen that guy from this TV show and this TV show. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> Ryan from The Office is Yeah, it? I
0: forgot about... Yeah, that's the American side. They're not... Yeah. I'm, I could be wrong.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I think Nazis. it is the American side. But I feel like Paul Russ dies for some reason. Anyway. probably. I mean, everyone does. Yeah. Also, the food in this movie looks delicious. hmm Like, every single time they drink... Or not drink. Every time they eat um a strudel is that what they eat with <laughs> this film <laughs> it's been so long i don't know it's like pie or strudel or something and with the whipped cream he makes it look so good yes
0: tarantino really knows how to make food look delicious
1: y- yes <laughs> all right we can move on to the next one because sorry we haven't seen glorious bastards in yeah. a while
0: same with django but that's the next But that's film. more recent. We actually saw that more recently. 3 years later, after Glorious Bastards, mm-hmm. Django and Chain. Django and Chain. Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. casting Jamie Foxx, Christopher Waltz, Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio DiCaprio. I can't I butchered his name. But a, a whole host of other people. Samuel <laughs> Jackson's in it too. So like Yeah, Samuel Jackson plays like the the worst the worst. The worst kind of person.
1: Right next to Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. They're both terrible. Um, but, I mean, I love Django and Jane. Yeah. I think it's our fourth? fourth. Yeah, so...
0: It is the fourth.
1: It is. So it's really it's really good. Um, I don't know. I just love Jamie Foxx and Christoph Waltz. And then I just love the part where... Um, mm-hmm where they, where Jamie Foxx sees his wife for the first time after mm-hmm. so long and yeah. her reaction is like she pours the water and then she faints. Yeah. <laughs> that part's really good. Um, also, this is the film where Leonardo DiCaprio,
0: act, like... He hurt himself. He
1: started bleeding from slamming down glass and it breaking and...
0: He was, there was a dinner scene and mm-hmm. um, he was getting very heated over he was
1: getting really into his character yeah
0: and he like punched the table and the entire table set for dinner and he punched through a plate and like a bunch of shards what of it, yeah and then, okay and it cut his hand yeah it, cut, it cuts his
1: hand and they just went with it and of course they had to you know replace the blood with fake blood because this would be a total health violation if he did this with his real yeah. blood because then he rubs it all over her face
0: yeah he, yeah that's right <laughs> yeah
1: and I remember, like, somebody telling me, like, oh, yeah, in that film, Leo DiCaprio, he, he makes his hand bleed, and then he rubs all of his blood over the girl's face. And I'm like, you can't do that. That's a health code. By... Like, that's literally not legal. Um,
0: <laughs> so he's, he'd be in a lot of pain. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um, but he, I mean, he just gets really into it. Yeah. He toughed it out. Um, but, yeah, Django Unchained.
0: Django had a very good... Uh, costume and
1: oh i love the costume design it's
0: he's so it's so clean.
1: yeah i also uh love the end when he he's like i forget the name of the character but he's like everyone say goodbye to mrs something and then they say bye and then he shoots the gun and it like goes straight into her and she's
0: like ah. yeah oh she gets yanked out yeah (laughs) out of the, (laughs) the doorway it's so funny
1: it's such a satisfying film, because everyone that you hate, everyone that you hate... Gets killed. Gets killed.
0: So Shockingly profane and never boring.
1: Yeah. Also, shout out to Ben. If you're listening to this, I know that's the only Tarantino film he's seen. Let's see. So, ben. shout out to Ben. Good job seeing this one. Good job, Ben. You, Sorry you about one. all the spoilers for the other ones. Um. <laughs> okay, next one. Next one. one. Hateful Eight, hey 2015,
0: eight. three years after Django. hmm
1: We both watched the extended version no, of I didn't. this film. You did. I'm. I thought that you did too. No, I
0: watched Hateful Eight. I think with Casey.
1: Oh, because they have an extended version of it on yeah, Netflix. where it's like it four by, parts.
0: You watched it by yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I did watch it by myself, and I mean, it's great. It's. I think. I think it's like the lowest on our list but not for a bad reason like it's right above reservoir dogs and jackie brown yeah it's
0: towards the lower end but i don't know i, I don't consider it it's really bad.
1: good it is really it, it's good.
0: very long but
1: it is it's there's a lot long. of good
0: payout payoff from watching it mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot of good surprises and twists in the story that sounds like every story you could ever describe wow there's lots of twists and turns and ups and downs yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds
1: like a movie to me. Yeah, it sounds, sure
0: <laughs> sounds like a movie to me.
1: We need a new conflict every 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, uh, also, I think this is the first thing I saw. Actually, I was watching this TV show called Atypical on Netflix. And the mom in that show is Jennifer Jason Lee. And that was the only thing I'd ever seen her in. And so when I watched The Hateful Eight, I was like, wait a minute. Is that the mom from Atypical? Because in that show, she plays just, like, such a basic mom. Like, not a likable character at all. Yeah, yeah. You know. So it's really weird seeing her <clears throat> in the Hateful Eight play, like, this really gross, like... She plays such a gross character in the yeah. Hateful Eight. Like, uh, I can't... It's been a while since we watched this one, too.
0: I just like that you don't know who to trust or not, and who's gonna backstab yeah. who And It's very claustrophobic, because it's <laughs> reminiscent it's of... It's so uh... Stressful. Reservoir Dogs, because it all takes place pretty much in one location, and the same here.
1: Yeah. It's like an old-timey Reservoir Dogs, but not at all.
0: <laughs> the Southern, yeah.
1: Not at all, because the characters aren't in a gang or whatever.
0: Some of them are.
1: Well, you know what I mean. Like, they're not all in the same Yeah, they're
0: one. not in the... Yeah.
1: Like, they're not about to go on a mission and they're then accidentally of... all die in yeah. the process. They're a bunch of
0: different uh, mixes of people.
1: Yes, Um, God, I remember what made me the most sad about this film was the part where, um, they show the flashback of them going into that house and, like, killing all the people who, it was like a candy shop, Mm
0: -hmm. and they
1: just kill everyone Mm -hmm. in there, and it's like all these sweet, sweet people who just Mm want to sell candy, Mm -hmm. that part made me really sad.
0: And they just, like, took over it.
1: But then all the bad people die, too, so it's good. Yeah. Sorry for how many spoilers we're getting. But anyway. Okay. We can move on.
0: Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Here, Here it we is. go. My Big Shot 2019. Written. Well, I don't know if it was written. It doesn't say it was written, but directed by Quentin Tarantino. Totally written by him, too. So, 2019. Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, co-star in this fantastic film. This is our favorite film of all time.
1: It is. We love this film so much. Mainly because, well, personally for me, I...
0: You like the 60s?
1: Well, I just love old-timey Hollywood. Yeah. And I've always loved films that are based around old-timey Hollywood and this film is literally a love letter to old-timey
0: Hollywood.
1: It is. Yeah. Take a shot every time I say old-timey Hollywood. Old-timey Hollywood.
0: <laughs> That's five, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, it is an amazing film. It's, I. It's one mm. of those films where when I watch it, I'm like, I'm so into the scene that I'm watching, but my brain is also thinking every scene ahead because I'm so yeah. excited for yeah. the next scene. I'm so as excited. Well.
0: So excited to watch what's about to yeah.
1: happen. And the movie's like two hours and forty five minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And so it's like every time I watch it I have to like really devote my time to it because I can't, I can't, I can't have any distractions. I would love while watching. to
0: watch this film for the first time again. Yeah, because we saw it in theaters. Oh my god, we already <laughs> talked about this oh we in did. The first oh episode. yeah, okay. Well, how when we saw it in how the, the terrible the first experience time. we saw it for the first time. I got but it wasn't it terrible film.
1: because we still loved the film yeah, regardless. It, fan- it didn't ruin the film. No, um, it,
0: it's a slow burn with a very satisfying payoff. Yes, uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's just it's so good
1: it's so good it's true it's true it's true it's true Ryan. not not everyone
0: will get or like the fact that pretty much nothing really happens or very yeah. actiony. but it
1: that's the whole point is that everything every time you think something bad's about to happen it doesn't happen mm-hmm
0: um, like it sets it up perfectly for mm-hmm. some crazy action sequence mm-hmm. or something like some very bad that's yeah. gonna happen. But and, no,
1: and if you pay attention to the film, literally tells you like,
0: like we're going we're against all the conventions. You. We're, we're going, playing with yeah, you. We're playing like, with you. Like.
1: Like, the like every single time they pull out of a parking lot, they drive on the opposite direction of the arrow. Yeah. So it's, like, telling you, we're going in the opposite direction than you think. You think yeah. all this bad stuff's gonna happen because you know what happened they, in real life.
0: They do it every time.
1: But nothing that bad is, ever gonna, is like, really gonna happen. And mm-hmm. the thing that does happen isn't even bad.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brad Pitt is pretty much untouchable in this film.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Except for the very end. But, like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, but he But he he's, lives. Still fine. he's still fine. He lives and he's like, fine. I try.
0: I try. He's like,
1: I'm, the, he said, I'm the devil and I'm going to do some devil, devil shit <laughs> or something. Some them. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Should I talk about
0: the fun facts or do you still want to keep talking?
1: <sighs> no, you can talk about the fun facts. Cool. I If I start, I won't stop.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Okay. So something fun about Tarantino is that he goes to the movies for three weeks when he first releases a film, just to get like a sense of the audience's reaction, and he he says that it's the biggest payoff to him to hear audiences laugh and enjoy his film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he also says that it's not, he won't you won't get that audience again after like three weeks because you know it's a big blockbuster hit. Yeah, and the. Uh, Theaters won't be as crowded and won't be as packed and everything. And he just he like goes around town to different theaters and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So on set, Tarantino banned. Uh, phones. Banned phones.
1: No phones.
0: No. Fa- this, these are my facts. Okay. I these know. These are my facts. I just, just because you know, know them, them. Just because you know them doesn't mean that you can't take them. over my segment.
1: I'm <laughs> sorry. <He's already. laughs> He hates phones.
0: He hates phones. He'd fire anyone who has them on out on set. Yeah, yeah. he just he, wants them to be focused and just not distracted yeah. because
1: he he even owns a flip phone. He doesn't even have a <laughs> real <laughs> it's really phone. like yeah, an iPhone or anything, an a, 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 a an Android or mm-hmm. whatever you call them mm-hmm. phones. Yeah. Anyway, go on.
0: Margot Robbie was actually given some of Sharon Tate's personal dro- jewelry to wear on set.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. I heard about that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: That's nice.
0: So, you know, when they go to Spawn Ranch and everything, and they have, like, the guy who's, uh, who owns it. Burt Reynolds was originally cast to be the owner of Spawn Ranch, but he passed away before mm-hmm. they shot any of his scenes. Oh. So, yeah. He, he lives a good life. The super famous man. Sad. I
1: he know. was supposed to play
0: George. Supposed to play George, but Bruce Dern was given the role after. Squeaky! <laughs> squeaky i don't know the color of the bitch's hair (laughs) the redheaded one no
1: i'm fucking blind (laughs) yeah okay go on Um,
0: so you know the part of the film where sharon tate goes up to that movie theater and she's like Oh, can I have a free ticket?
1: Classic scene.
0: I'm in. I'm in the movie. Yes. And everyone's like, or, or the girl in the ticket box was like, "What? What? No way! I don't. I don't. I don't. This I'm not girl buying was in, this." This
1: girl was in Valley of the Dolls, and Margot Robbie's like the one who does dirty movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen this mm-hmm. film way too many times.
0: Uh, yeah, that entire sequence of saying that you're in a film or something like that is inspired off of Tarantino's own experience at the same theater that the f- scene was shot in. So he was taken a date to see R- True Romance, something that he oh, helped write. Marco
1: Robbie's favorite movie. Yeah,
0: it, which came out in
1: 1993. Mhm. Now, that was like his first screenplay that sold or something. Yeah, yeah. And Maybe. it was
0: a year after his success of Reservoir Dogs. So he definitely was well beginning to become well known and so he went up to the box office guy instead of paying for a movie ticket he's like i i wrote the film for true romance can i get a ticket with my date and the dude was not buying it he was absolutely not buying it (laughs) i mean of course if you have someone who walks up to you and say i wrote the film can i get a free ticket of course you're going to be skeptical Mm -hmm. um but after a while like some of after they're having this argument some of tarantino's own fans came up to him and were like talking to him about reservoir dogs and his date was like these are his fans like he wrote reservoir dogs in this came out last year he's super famous and the guy bought it there you
1: go okay good yeah. so he did end up getting his See, free he did ticket. end up getting his free ticket oh thank god
0: yeah they used miniatures in this film as well because they really tarantino really doesn't like using cgi and stuff mm-hmm. um for big scene replacements and stuff so mm-hmm. he used miniatures so you know the scene where Cliff Booth drives through that movie drive-in movie theater yes where it he turns into the lot and then it pan the camera goes above the back side of the screen and you can see all these cars and people watching this drive-in film and they're kind of moving and they have headlights they're all miniature cars like like,
1: Hot Wheels Like, Hot size? Wheels, but
0: better, because they're model cars.
1: That's insane.
0: I had no idea. It's not
1: noticeable at all.
0: Not at all. But it is to Tarantino, and that's why he did it. It's pretty neat. Miniatures are cool.
1: i got to look out for that next time yeah. you watch it.
0: Um, well, let's say the film had a budget of $100 million. Mm-hmm. And, well it grossed $374 million, so that's a pretty big profit right there. Um, part of that budget went to redecorating lots of L.A. like landmarks and streets to make it feel like the 1960s, because this is set in 1969, right? Um, you can think of that scene where Brad Pitt's driving down, the, down Hollywood Boulevard, I think, or at Sunset or something, and all of the... Like shops behind him along the road have neon signs and other decorations reminiscent of mm-hmm. the '60s. So he had to get all of those shops to like sign up to do that, and they really w- once the filming was done, they really didn't want to take it down because it looked so cool. Oh. Yeah, because it looks really cool.
1: I wouldn't want to either.
0: Mm, yeah, he there's a, lots of camouflaging to get rid of all the modern elements paintings and signage and he also recreated a bunch of neon signs that weren't there anymore and like refurbished them well people love improvisation scenes don't they miranda yeah (laughs) well the entire scene where rick dalton is like flipping out in his trailer Uh it's entirely improvised i mean like that line about his favorite drink or how many drinks he had the the previous night where he slurs it yeah that's our favorite line of the film, or one of them.
1: Could I have had three or four lines. Daddy, <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's great. It's he, good because you can't understand what he's saying, and he ends on like an upward infliction. Mm-hmm. He kicks That's in the door. That's what makes it funny, folks. In he, case you missed it, he
0: kicks in the door and like swats all the stuff off the table and like, mm-hmm. onto the floor, breaks some things.
1: And then he opens up another drink and starts drinking. He's like, the fuck? and then,
0: then throws it out the door. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so funny the other line tends you know tarantino's very selective and very like he just wants his he doesn't want any improvised anything because he's very meticulous about what he's created right mm-hmm. the only other line is when brad pitt says you're rick fucking dalton mm-hmm.
1: that was uh, improvised
0: don't you forget that that was improvised yeah and it was based off of something that another actor told brad pitt earlier in his career when he was having a bad day on set Get your head up, hold your head up, quit your whining, you're Brad fucking Pitt.
1: Oh! I
0: would like to be Brad fucking Pitt.
1: That's funny.
0: Yeah. It's so funny.
1: What a way to pump up Brad Pitt.
0: And then, yeah, he's like, well, yeah, I am Brad Pitt. hmm <laughs> He has a realization and mm-hmm. he's better. It's
1: like with Margaret Qualley. I don't know why this made me think of it, just Brad Pitt. But Margaret Qualley, the... The girl who plays Pussycat in the movie, she had to grow out her armpit hair for the film. Oh, God. And um, she would go up to Brad Pitt and be like, Do you like my Brad Pitts? <laughs> and he wouldn't laugh. That's stupid. He wouldn't find it funny. I'd find that hilarious.
0: I'd, yeah. Me I'd, too. That
1: would make me fall in love with her. I'd be like, Yes, yeah, be my best friend.
0: He shut down Hollywood, like the Hollywood Freeway for an hour. Can you one imagine hour? what that did to the traffic in that area? Oh my god. He shut that's it down. Awful. You know where he takes Margaret Qualley and they hop on the freeway? Like Brad Pitt and Margaret Qually they, yeah. they take that entrance. We took that entrance one of the times we were uh down in LA and what? I was like, Oh, this is this seems familiar, I wonder why. It was that it was that freeway entrance. He shut it down. Shit. Mm-hmm.
1: That's stressful.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, other parts of the freeway, too, because, you know, they filmed on the freeway. Yeah. Yeah. you got to really budget your time well because you're ruining lots of other people. I mean, you're affecting lots of other people's lives.
1: (laughs) He's absolutely destroying everyone's life. Yeah. Shutting down a freeway for one hour.
0: (laughs) So, you know, Rick Dalton plays a character in the Western television show Bounty Law yes that he came up with well he wrote he actually wrote several full length episodes for it and he has plans to like direct them and shoot them as a real series but
1: we'll see do if that do you think happens. we'll ever see that i know I... that there is one though on like the special features of the dvd remember yeah there is one yeah cuz i mean i think they had to just shoot one whole one to make it look real enough for when they show segments of it in the film
0: mhm
1: but I mean, that would be fun.
0: You know, Michael Madsen is in it for like 10 seconds. He is. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's cool. I I hope he does it. I hope he does. He's very proud of it because he he successfully recreated the look of those old Western television shows.
1: And Timothy Oliphant is in it too. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There's that weird jump cut where he's talking to Leonardo DiCaprio and then all of a sudden they have cowboy hats on.
0: Yeah, I don't understand...
1: It's just a jump cut.
0: Yeah.
1: There wasn't really any reason for it, I don't think. It just, they just did it. Um, like, maybe it was a tribute to, like, Godard films or something. I don't know Jean John Godard. Is. He uses a lot of jump cuts in his films. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Probably not. But anyway. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> what are you saying? Maybe. Tarantino does old films. Well, not really old films, they're all films that came mm-hmm. out when he was a kid. Yeah. So, they're just films to him. Yeah.
0: Well, I think this will conclude the fourth episode of the movies be like yeah. podcast.
1: Sorry that for like 3 of the Tarantino films we haven't seen them in a while. We didn't have all the time in the world to rewatch every single Tarantino film for this Is episode. They're long
0: <laughs> and yeah. Cuz they're
1: very long. Um,
0: we also have other we stuff. We rewatched going on. all the
1: ones we focused on, mm-hmm. but yeah we gotta rewatch inglorious bastards and reservoir dogs and i want to
0: watch death Proof again even though i, I want it yeah, like last month i really want to watch, watch. Death oh no like a couple weeks ago yeah easter. not
1: that long ago and um
0: i also, watched it on easter and Django
1: and hateful eight i want to rewatch pretty much everything that i haven't seen a million times um i don't really want to watch jackie brown again though <laughs> no okay um. thank you for listening to this episode thank you guys sorry it's kind of a long one but I think
0: we say that about every single one
1: but I mean it, we they are long. nine movies to talk yeah. about sorry if you're like I've seen seven of these films but not two of them and we've accidentally spoiled everything about them for you um, hopefully Oops. you skimmed over that yeah <laughs> okay
0: thank you for listening catch you later next time Peace. Peace.